31, Psalm chapter 31. And let me uh, send a few salutations. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Farmer, for the invitation to be out here. This is our third time to be here. And it's our third time to do a choir clinic or a uh, preparatory uh, worship workshop, whatever you want to call it, with the choir. And I am so thankful for the progress that was made in just a short time. This is a great choir that sings about an even greater God. And I believe in the choir. I believe in the church choir. And I believe uh, you've been encouraged. I believe the choir is the spark plug of congregational worship. And I thank you, choir, for your investment in this ministry. Thank you so much for the time, talent that you've given to this particular ministry. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with my family. We have a Savior worth singing about, don't we? I do want to remind you to stop by our table. I have two more copies of our brand new recording. But good news is, if we run out tonight, then I can mail you free of charge, no shipping, uh, this particular new recording with 13 songs, including the song that Hannah wrote that you heard at the very beginning of the service. I do want to make sure that you get one of our... Prayer cards, everybody can get one and pray with us, pray for us, put it in your Bible, put it wherever you pray, and do partner together with us in prayer. Uh, Some of you have mentioned before the service that you have prayed for us. You prayed for us just after we were with you the last time when our 31-foot 1978 Airstream that we were towing turned over and... uh, Exactly what you think would happen to a Coke can when it turns over and drags for 20 feet on I-45. That's what happened to ours. But God is faithful. Uh, Two months later, we were able to drive in a a 30-foot RV that is a great footprint for us. And we were able to go forward. And we we only missed that one meeting that we were heading to. We didn't crash into anybody. Nobody crashed into us. We were able to drive away from it. We are counting our blessings. And we are only in that position because of the prayer and support of God's people. Many of you said that you have been praying for us, and your prayers have certainly made a difference to this evangelist and his family. If you're in Psalm 31, say, oh yes. I love this particular psalm. And look at verse 19. We're going to start here and go right to the end of the psalm. Look at these first three words. And you can't just read them in a casual way. You have to read them in the context that they're given. So I'm going to do my best to do that very thing. Ready? Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. From the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me in his marvelous kindness, his marvelous kindness in a strong city. If I had a verse for this church, if I had a verse for this city, it would be verse 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I have said in my haste, I am cut off before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications. When I cried unto thee, O love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserveth the faithful. And the plent- and plentiful, re- excuse me, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, 
and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you are great and greatly to be praised. You deserve all the glory, honor, and credit that we can give you in this room. Gathered here with the filling of the Holy Spirit here tonight. And you deserve all the honor and glory that this world can give you. Those that have passed from the scene know about your glory. And those that are yet to be, we want to teach them of your glory. Lord, those who are alive and well today are alive and well because of your goodness. We can say that you work all things according to your goodness. Lord, thank you so much for this passage. Lord, teach us and instruct us by it tonight. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. I believe that the church is at its weakest point in history when we focus on the circumstances that we're in. You are weak when you focus on your circumstances and your problems and the people that are in your life. But when you focus on the goodness of God, exactly what happens in the song will happen in your life. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When people are big and God is small, that's when anxiety starts and hand-wringing. I wonder what they think about me. The good news is, nobody's thinking about you. We're all thinking about ourselves. But when God is big and you are small and your circumstances are small and people are small, that's when worship begins. It begins with a bowed knee. And here we see three words that, are, that stand juxtaposed to the previous verses in this particular psalm. You see three words. Oh, how great. And if I were to give a title to this sermon, it would be those three words. Oh, how great. Psalm 68 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Uh, he is loading you right now. He is pouring on his bless, blessings and goodness. But they stand in contrast with the previous verses. You see verse 7. You see troubles and adversities. Verse 12 mentions that he's broken. He's also forgotten. In verse 13, there's slander. Somebody's talking about him. Verse 18, there's lies. Somebody's not just... There's not a misunderstanding. They're just bold-faced lying. Verse 11 mentions reproach from enemies. Do you have enemies? No, don't point, please. And verse 11 mentions fear. David is fully aware that there are problems. Now, do you have problems in your life? If you're like me or if you're like anybody with a pulse and anybody breathing God's air, yes, you have problems. And King David is not unaware of his problems. He sees and experience, he experiences all these troubles and trials. But when he compares them to the goodness of God. And his blessings. Doesn't, have you seen this in the Psalms? He basically ends up in the same place over and over again. The same evaluation of the Lord. You notice this again in verse 19. Oh how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them. That fear thee. Oh, how great. 
We're looking at the greatness of God tonight. But not just the greatness that He is. We're looking at how great. The Hebrew word is often translated in the Old Testament, what? You and I might say it like this, say what? When you're going over to Chick-fil-A and they've got the peppermint milkshake and you take one sip and you say, whoa, say what? That's the same idea. Oh, how great. Nuh-uh. What? And that's not all. You'll notice that it's front-loaded with an exclamation. Oh, whenever you sing a song, oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. I've seen either people that were lying about God or lying to themselves singing it like this. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful. Well, if you know the God that's mentioned here in this text... He's oh how marvelous, oh how wonderful. He deserves our highest praise. Listen, I know what high praise looks like. Some of you are University of Georgia fans. And you just won a national championship. Guess what? I'm from Fort Worth. And let me tell you this. We thought we would do better than we did. And if you if you want to throw an arm around my shoulder and console me, and you can do that, but... Listen, I've seen high praise. I've seen you yelling at your TVs. I've seen you throwing things at your TVs. I've seen you yell. I've seen you run around when they win and score. Listen, I've seen fanatical praise. So again, the conclusion that David brings is highest praise to a holy God who deserves all the praise and honor and glory. Again, David's conclusion is the same. There's troubles, yes, but standing in contrast is God's amazing goodness. So it's like this. Does David have troubles? Yes, but he views his problems and his troubles as a thimble full of troubles. But he views in contrast rivers of blessing. It's, there's no comparison God has been so good to us. That fourth Thursday uh, in November is a scheduled time of thanks. But every day is Thanksgiving Day with God. Do you see your problems for what they really are? Do you see God's blessings for what they truly are? Do you have an honest evaluation of your successes and your failures? And do you have an honest assessment of God? This is a refrain refrain often repeated in the word. There are troubles, but your goodness always is better than everything. Uh, Scripture says, "And and all that will live godly shall suffer persecution. In Mark chapter 8, did Christ tell the disciples to take up your golf clubs and follow me? No. He said, take up your cross. First of all, he said, deny yourself. That part of yourself that needs to be denied is that that pride that rises up when you're corrected. That pride that rises up when when somebody tells you something that you should already know. That's the part that you should be denying. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. He did say, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. 
even for the believer with great faith, like Job or David with a heart for God. Life has its burdens, doesn't it? In fact, if you want a prosperity gospel, a group this size, maybe there's some that have wandered in here looking for health, looking for wealth from the hand of God, but want to dismiss all the suffering and trials and troubles. Well, I've got some verses in our psalm for you. Here's your health and wealth. Look at verse 9, please. Look at verse 9. If you want problems, look at verse 9. Have mercy upon me, O God, for I am in trouble. Uh Uh-oh. That's not what I was looking for. Keep on going. My eye is consumed with grief. Uh, The next verse says, My life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of my iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach. Wait, that's not the right verse. My enemies. Wait, I don't want to have any enemies. A, A fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me fled. Oh, people are running away from me. I'm forgotten. Oh, wait, that's not the health and wealth version that I wanted. I'm a dead man. I'm a broken vessel. Fear. They took counsel against me. Have you ever had people take counsel against you? They're meeting in another room, and their main discussion, the main course for that meal is you. They devised to take away my life. Well... If I were health and wealth before I read this particular psalm, I probably wouldn't end up in the same place that David did. Listen, the prosperity gospel is is not a gospel at all. It's your own assumptions taken out of context about what you expect from God instead of who God really is. You want an honest assessment about who God really is? It's a reality in your troubles. You'll have troubles, but you have a good God. Ecclesiastes verse 8, or chapter 8 verse 8, that says you'll never discharge in that war fleeing from that you'll never have power over the spirit to retain the spirit. There are going to be good days where your spirit's up, but then there are going to be days when your spirit's down and you can't control that, or seemingly you can't control that. But Psalm 31, look at verse 14. He's getting to the point here, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. And it leads us to the verse of uh, verse 19. So here's the picture. This is your burden. Is it real? Does it exist? Oh, yes. But this is your blessing. You have spoonfuls of sorrow, but rivers of blessing. Uh, this doesn't deny this. Health and wealth gospel denies that there are problems. But you have blessings of God that biblically overshadow all of your troubles and all of your trials. Psalm 36 says it this way, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Another comparison would be, And thy faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Do you hear these the elevated language, the height and depth of human emotion, an honest evaluation, describes the Lord. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy, one of my favorite words in scripture, thy loving kindness, O God. 
Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thine house, and thou shalt make them to drink of the rivers of thy pleasures. God's mercy is in the heavens. God's faithfulness, high as the clouds. God's righteousness is like mountains. God's judgment, it's as deep as the ocean. God's love and kindness, how excellent. God's pleasures flow like a river. All of these blessings and good things are described correctly as exceeding all of our needs, and all of our trials, and all of our troubles. And they even exceed our merits. You, you might consider yourself better than you ought to consider yourself. Well, I'm a good person. Why are all these bad things happening to good people? That philosophical question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it only happened to one It only happened one time. It only happened to my Savior, Jesus Christ. Bad things, my bad things, happened to him on the cross. He took upon my sin, the sins of the world, and he died for me. That was the only time bad things happened to good people. I deserve every bit of punishment for my sin. I have broken God's law. But God has showed me mercy. He's given me grace. I have a peace that passes all understanding and a love that has absolutely no comparison in this world. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Uh, There's three sources of light we have in the world. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. And then he points to you, believer. And says, ye are the light of the world. We find our light in his light. So it's not as dark as you think. We have his light illumining our life. Psalm 31, back to our text. Look at verse 7. It's a matter of the will. You have a decision to make tonight. Even before an invitation is given, you have a decision to make. It's a matter of your decision, a will decision. Verse 7 says, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. I will be glad. I can decide right now that I'm going to be glad, not just positive mental attitude, but based on God's goodness, I will be glad. David says, I will have gladness by trusting the truth. Here's the question. Why is it that the blessings are bigger than the trials? How is it that all the believers in this room can see all the blessings and see their burdens as small? I'll give you three reasons in closing. That's the end of my introduction. Sometimes my introductions are longer than my sermon. Sometimes they're better than my sermon. Here it is. You ready? The good outweighs the bad. Number one, the good outweighs the bad. Have you ever knocked on somebody's door and you said, hey, you need to be saved and point them to the gospel. And they say, listen, I believe that when I get to heaven, my good is going to outweigh my bad. Well, here's the bad news. Your bad far exceeds your good. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. But when it comes to the Lord... Good 
His goodness far outweighs your badness. Far outweighs. If you see any bad in me, I can probably take the credit for it. Or even if there's bad that's happened to me, here's good news. It's earthbound and it's going to burn up and it won't last and it's temporary. If you notice any good in me, Christ has done it all. He gets all the credit for it and it's going to last forever and forever and forever and forever. That is goodness that outweighs anything that's bad in my life. So let's, let's highlight financial problems. Brother Johnson, you don't know how it is in this, in this time of economic inflation. What about financial problems, Brother Johnson? Do you realize that it's unfair to look at one issue of badness and neglect all the issues of God's good If you're struggling financially, don't measure your burden against your blessing. Don't don't overshadow your burden with your blessing. Count count your blessings. Name them one by one. If you have trouble sleeping, count your blessings instead of sheep. Thank you, Bing Crosby. Tonight and tomorrow morning, commit to do this. I'm alive. My table's full. My health is good. My sins are forgiven. I live in a free country. I'm loved by my creator. I've got the scriptures. I have the Holy Spirit. I have this local church. I have healthy children. I I have air to breathe. I've got water to drink. Never pine for a single blessing you don't have when you're oblivious to the multitude of blessings that you already have. Brother Johnson, I'll mention it one more time. What about inflation? What are we going to do in the future? Listen, I know. I went to the grocery store last week and I bought 18 eggs because I have a bunch of children. And they were $7.57 for 18 eggs. Weren't they $1.50 just a couple hours ago? Uh, I, I looked at it a couple of different times. $7.57. Is that a mistake? That's $0.42 cents an egg. Now, one of my children can eat two, and if they're really hungry, they can eat three eggs. I said to myself, that's $1.26 for breakfast for one of my children. I am truly in the company of the martyrs. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. No, actually, because I've come through Christmas, I bear in my body the marks of Santa. Man, we ate our way through Christmas. Listen, you can count God's goodness. When you look at that uh, peppermint milkshake, it's $4.49. And you're like, yeah, take, give me two, give me four. Man, I'm going to, milkshake's on me. It's because God's been so good to you. How are your New Year's resolutions going two weeks in? Or your New Year's remembrances is a better term. Remember God's goodness to you. And that will motivate your next year and your next decision. Could I remind you that the good in your life as a child of God always, not sometimes, but always outweighs the bad. There's a dear family in Alabama uh, called the Farrell family. And they adopted eight children from China by sibling pair. And uh, some are missing ears. Some have disfigured hands. Some can't even walk. 
but you'll never find more joyful children, grateful to God for their life and all the blessings that God has given them. They're grateful to be in a good church. They're grateful that they have salvation by the name of Jesus Christ. Can I remind you as a wise Christian, you ought to see the goodness of God. There's a blessing. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You want to see what God's doing? It's a good thing. He works all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. He is aligning things. Think of the grace of God in your life. Can you walk? Do you have arms? You're not in a wheelchair. You're not living in a war zone. Abundant provision of food. You've got clothing, as I can tell. Thank God for your eyesight, your heart health, the air you have to breathe, the sunshine on a beautiful Sunday, your family, your friends. And if you're saved, you have eternal life. You have His love, you have His word, and you have a sound mind. God had not given you a spirit of fear. So look, folks, it's rivers of blessings compared to a thimble full of trouble. Number two, write it down, the good outlasts the bad. Number one, the good outweighs the bad. Number two, the good outlasts the bad. You're in Psalm 31, look at verse 5. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Who echoed those words on the cross? Our our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a messianic psalm. Here it is, Psalm 31, verse 5. Into thine hand I commit my spirit, the psalmist said. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. What an amazing conclusion for David to make. Into your hands I've given my spirit. You have redeemed me. Uh, and look at the uh, look at verse twenty three. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. And then look at the last verse of the previous psalm, Psalm thirty, verse twelve. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee. How long? Forever, and forever, and forever. When people talk to you. Are they hearing more about your problems or are they hearing more about the forever nature of God's goodness? When it comes to God's goodness, there is no expiration date. Hey, listen, after COVID, you go to the grocery store, you got to check those foods. That's expiration dates, right? Uh, That might run out. Sometimes it's out of of, uh, freshness by the time you get home. You only have an hour and a half left on those $7 eggs. But think about this, from God's perspective, God's goodness not only outweighs the bad, but it outlasts the bad. Here's the truth about your disease, your diagnosis, that chronic illness that you're going through. If it's terminal, it's temporary. Here's the truth about stage four cancer. I've seen God heal stage four cancer. Do you believe that God is a healer? Oh, yeah. Here's the second truth about stage four cancer. If he doesn't heal it here, he heals it there. That's God's goodness. And it's everlasting. And it goes forever and forever and forever. For 10 years, I coordinated the vacation Bible school at Worth Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. That meant, all that means is I went to Sam's Club and I got a bunch of candy. That's all that means. So anybody who works in the children's ministry, you know 
uh, that it's not a bribe to keep the kids' behavior good to give them candy in children's ministry. It's an incentive, right? Uh, bribes are giving them something to do bad. Incentives are giving them something to do good. And there was a candy that I like to uh, pick up from Willy Wonka called the Everlasting Gobstopper. Anybody ever heard of that? Everlasting Gobstopper is 30 jawbreakers in a box. Here's what I've always wondered. Why is there more than one in a box if it's everlasting? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I've seen kids polish it off in less than five minutes. It's certainly not everlasting. But when God says His goodness is everlasting, that we can give God glory for His everlasting goodness, that goes on forever and forever and forever. God's love for you, it's eternal in the heavens. Hey, that tear in your eye, it'll be replaced by another tear. And that's when God steps in and wipes away all tears from your eyes forever and forever and forever. That's the beauty of the glory of heaven. All these bitter cups that are bad in our life, every cup of sorrow will eventually forever be gone and all the good things are going to last forever. Our problem is we just don't believe that with conviction. Listen, there's a, a brand of car battery called Everlast. Do you realize that that's false advertisement? It's true. You're going to have to replace a battery sometime. But you'll never need another salvation. You'll never need another, you'll never need another gospel. And you'll never need another savior. That's how everlasting our salvation is. That's how everlasting our God is and his goodness to us. Everlasting tears? No. Everlasting sorrows? Not if you're a Christian. Everlasting problems? Absolutely not. Life and light and blessings and loving kindness. Godly pleasures forever, forever, and forever. No tears, no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain, no need for the sun, for the glory of God is the light thereof. There's No shut gate that closes at night because the Lord is the light thereof and that gate stays open. This is the gateway city to the new south. That gate in the heavenly city will remain open forever and forever and forever. Suspended in a state of perfect goodness. You ever had that moment that was special? That you'll never forget, that you'll always remember? Maybe it was in your dating life. Maybe it's that perfect sunset you saw. Maybe it's in your childhood. Maybe it's that perfect moment with your spouse. Maybe it's that uh, fellowship that you had with the Lord that couldn't be replaced. Maybe it was a decision time that you made at camp or another conference that you couldn't feel closer to the Lord than you did right then. Maybe you're a surfer and you experienced that perfect wave, dude. Maybe you... Maybe you were given that perfect kindness. Maybe at the point of your deepest despair, God was so gracious to you. Well, imagine that feeling forever and forever and forever. That's how good God is. Here's the truth. You want to know the truth? You want to live in the truth that will sustain you to all the trouble? Your good outweighs your bad. Your good outlasts your bad. Number three, your good outvalues your bad. Look at verse 19. Look at the second part of that verse. Which hath, here's the goodness. Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Wrought. I love that word. It's literally God made. God made his goodness for you. 
He has designed it. It's a, not just a gift. Listen, have you ever gotten so close to a birthday or Christmas that you just went to the drugstore and picked up a gift, but it wasn't a perfect gift? Don't raise your hands, men, please. God made this perfect gift of God's goodness because he hath wrought it. He's wrought it. I love this word. He's been so good to you. Why has he been so good to you? So that others see God's goodness in your life and they give God the glory the same way you're giving glory to him. A preacher, somebody at church or my neighbor said this to me and I can't get rid of it. Well, how, how good is God that he's, he's forgotten your sin and cast them from as far as east is from the west? He's given you, your sins and cast your sins into the deepest ocean. That's how good God is. Look at God's big cup of blessings rather than a small cup of sorrows. God's goodness always outvalues the burdens. He makes all things and works them together for good. We quoted it earlier, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So tonight, he invites you to experience his goodness. Another psalm, verse, chapter 34, verse 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you... You're invited to come. You're invited to taste and see that the Lord is good. I've got a computer on my desk at home, and sometimes it wants me to upgrade to the newest version. Maybe your phone does that. And then if you dismiss that, they ask an even more foreboding question. They ask, are you sure? You might have problems if you don't upgrade to the next version. You might be left in the dust of of all this technological progress if you don't upgrade right now. Are you sure? And listen, you'll never need to upgrade God's goodness. It's good then, it's good now, and it will forever, ever be good. It outvalues any other goodness. They want us... Our computer wants us to upgrade out of fear. Are you sure? There's going to be problems if you don't. He invites you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's a free trial of God's goodness. Listen, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you're discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. God is better than we could possibly believe him to be. Listen, here's the reality. You're worse than you ever thought you were, but God is better than he, you could possibly believe him to be. And if you would, in conclusion, turn to Romans chapter 2. Look at verse 4. What should the goodness of God that we've talked about from this particular psalm and This constant conclusion, even in our troubles, that God is good. What should we take from that? Romans 2 verse 4 tells us exactly what we should know tonight. We should know that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Repentance simply means a change of mind. I don't know where you are or where you were before, but are you living In the properly aligned truth of the word of God, that God's goodness far exceeds any problems that I'll ever have. It's 
better than I could possibly believe. In fact, this isn't even a good comparison. God's goodness and His goodness toward me, you know what it's like? It's like that. It's, it cannot be even compared. You'll forget about your problems. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. How many of you have had problems? But how many of you know God's goodness? Let's all stand together. There's, the altar's open. The pianist is making her way to the piano. The, as soon as you hear the first note, you come forward. You have the goodness of God to thank Him for. And you have some repenting to do. Will you change your mind about your problems or your past? Or the people around you that God has placed in your life? They are not your enemy. The IRS is not your enemy. Your mother-in-law isn't your enemy. God is your friend. God's goodness is overwhelming. Come to this altar and thank Him for it. You see others coming? Why don't you come? Thank the Lord. Listen, some of you are standing, are benefiting from God's goodness, but you've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good for salvation. You've never received Jesus Christ. He's been so joyful and so good to you. But if you die without Jesus, you'll experience God's wrath. You'll experience all the pain of eternity. There will be a place of eternal death that the Bible calls the lake of fire. Listen, I invite you to come and receive Jesus Christ. Someone with the Bible can show you from Scripture how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. You don't have to guess, wonder, or wish. You can know for sure that tonight you're on your way to heaven. You can taste and see that the Lord is good. Just give Him whatever modicum of faith you have. Just place your faith in Jesus Christ, that eternal weight of belief. Forget what you've believed before and believe in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. You can be saved. Come right here. Tell somebody that you need to be saved and somebody can show you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, men and women, boys and girls, you're about to go into a dark world. God has been so good to you so that the world can see God's goodness in your life and you can point them to the Savior. Let me ask you this. Have... Have you ever asked somebody, how you doing, and they actually answered you? Yikes. Well, Brother Johnson, I'm doing just fine under the circumstances. Well, my question is, what are you doing under there? You are not under the circumstances. You are under God's blessing. You're not looking at your circumstances. Look at God and His blessing. God's been so good to you. Tonight, you can taste of God's goodness. You don't have to wonder, wish, or guess. Thank the Lord for His goodness. You know this little chorus. You sing it with me. God is so good. He's so good to me. Let's sing it together. God is so good. How good? God is so good. Is He good to you? He's God. down here know it. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Yes, he does. Talk to him. God answers 
love him so. I love him so. I love him so. I love him so. He's so good. What are we going to do right now? I'll do his will. I. shown us through your word, Lord, you've shown us through the testimony of our lives, your goodness. Lord, every single day we're given the opportunity, Lord, what we choose to neglect, what we choose to acknowledge, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people that acknowledge your goodness. Lord, as Brother Andrew has done a great job of pointing out, Lord, you're far too good to us. Lord, your goodness is something we can't truly comprehend. Lord, we thank you for how you've worked, all that you've done tonight. Lord, I thank you for the reminder of your goodness, your grace in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people, Lord, that acknowledge it tonight, acknowledge it tomorrow, and go and tell someone about you. Lord, we thank you for the goodness that we found when we found you. We accept you as our personal Savior. We call upon your name, and for the very first time, we experience that joy, that happiness, that peace, that comfort, that love that we've been longing for. And Lord, with it, we found the goodness of God. I pray that you would help us to acknowledge it this evening. Our Lord, to encourage each other. Our Lord, and to praise you for it. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we pray that you've been honored and glorified in it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The Lord's good, isn't he? I needed that. I needed to be reminded of that. We talk about the goodness of God sometimes, and we, we use those cliche statements, God is so good. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to truly believe it. And uh, I appreciate that. If that helped you tonight, let me hear you say amen. 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 Well, I want to encourage you to get to know the Johnson family. And... Uh, Get to know their their kids. Uh, I've enjoyed watching y'all's kids just really just jump right on in. Uh, if someone were to walk in off the street, they'd think, man, this family's been a part of this church family for quite a while, and that's that's a blessing to see, and uh, I appreciate y'all. I'm going to ask if you guys would slip on out for a few minutes and, and go to y'all's table. We want to encourage our people to get to y'all in a fellowship with you all. Uh, two CDs left, you said. Three. Three now. One was given back, so one is up for sale. <laughs> no, they've got three. And uh, you get to that table and fellowship with them. They can mail some to you if you do want to purchase one and one is not available. Uh, But more than that, grab a prayer card on your way out and uh, ask the Lord to be with them and to keep them safe. They'll be here tonight uh, and spend some time getting to know them tonight. And then they'll be heading out tomorrow. And so we want to be an encouragement to them and a blessing to them. I want to encourage you to stay.
fellowship with us. We'll be down in the gymnasium spending some time playing uh, volleyball. They wanted to be a part of that and get involved. And so we're looking forward to that. I know that they'll be encouraged by that as well if you would stay. And so we encourage you to do that. Uh, but other than that, keep in, in uh, just the announcements that are in our bulletin. Be aware of those. Uh, prayer cards uh, out there. Grab one of those for the Johnson family. Envelopes as well out there. Grab one of those for our building fund campaign. And then uh, make a, a, a plan to be here this upcoming Wednesday and be in the house of God, okay? Anything else I'm forgetting? Brother Zach, Brother John, anything y'all can think of? Yeah, yeah, please get, get that information to us if you would be interested in one of those, okay? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to say thank you for being with us all day today. I, I know uh, if, if you're walking out discouraged, uh, then it's, it's not the Lord's fault. Because uh, I'll tell you what, he has is, he is been so good to us today. And uh, it's been a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. We're going to be dismissing word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Cyrus. Brother Cyrus, if you don't mind, if you would dismiss us. As the sun rose that morning on the day of Job's trial, he rose up to serve God as any other day. Bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would stand in his way. Then the messengers came one by one with their stories. In just a few moments, Job lost all he had. Great wealth and riches and the health of his body And even his children were dead The Lord giveth, he taketh away Blessed be the name of the Lord I served him before and I'll serve him today Blessed be the name of the Lord Job's wife came before him to voice her opinions. She said, you should end it, just curse God and die. Job rose from the ashes and looked toward the heavens. He brushed back the tears in his eyes. He said, the Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When troubles come silently, blessed be the name. When storms blow by the wind, blessed be the name. When Satan 